Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno Shoemaker, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA. Next up in our workforce development series, we're talking about the role universities and internships play in upskilling and reskilling accounting talent. I spoke with Tracy Miller, Program Chair of MS and BS Accounting at Franklin University about how continual learning has always been a part of the accounting profession and how it's changed in recent years. One of the things that I am a strong believer in is the concept of lifelong learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that that basically sums up what workforce development is. Because when you think about this idea that you maybe have gone to college or university, you maybe either have received a degree or you maybe got some education and then you came out into your career, well, your career doesn't stay static Mm -hmm. and it doesn't stay the same and the business environment is constantly changing. And that's what workforce development is. Workforce development ensures that you have all the skills that you need in order to be ready for the ever-changing business environment. And it's that concept of lifelong learning that everything is changing in our jobs and we need to be lifelong learners to ensure that we can meet the needs of our um, business and our employers and our customers and and that we're prepared for, for what's happening in the environment. Absolutely. And can you tell me uh, Franklin's perspective on this? Yeah, so Franklin University is designed for lifelong learning. Um, We are a university that meets students where they're at. And so whether that is they've done a little bit of college or university work or maybe a lot Maybe they're just working on their first degree, or maybe they're career changing and they're coming back to get a different degree, or even they're thinking, hey, you know, I really need to learn about data analytics, and I never took that class when I went to school 15 years ago. Um, We provide courses for students to meet the needs that they have in their current job or or preparing for a different job or their first job. Mm-hmm. And so we have um, courses that they can take that are 12 week long or they can um, do shorter courses and they don't have to be necessarily working towards a degree. So if they're like, hey, I want to learn about cybersecurity or data analytics, um, they can come in and take just those courses. I'm curious your perspective on workforce development within the profession. Have you noticed over the years, has it become more topical? Have people been bringing it up more? Or do you feel like it's just now starting to get, you know, be passed around in conversation? Yeah, you know, I um, I saw on social media or read an article on the Internet the other day that was talking about the rapid change that employees are experiencing now in in all types of profession, really. But I think we've certainly been experiencing it in the accounting profession. Um, and I think that that's something that's different than when we look at the accounting profession 30 years ago, let's say, or 20 years ago. You know, now things, technology advances so fast 
um, the the rate of change is extremely fast that we currently experience, and that creates a need for workforce development because if we don't stay up with all of those changes, with all of that advancement and technology, then we're going to be left out. Accountants, when I say we, accountants are going to be left out of solving business problems. Um, there's going to be a, some other um, profession that comes in to solve those business problems for us. And, and so I think workforce development has always been important for CPAs because of our continuing education requirements. But I think it's now we have to think more specifically about what type of development do I need and really identifying the the skills that you need and where your gaps are and then finding, um, you know, resources like Franklin University or like the Ohio Society to be able to skill you up, to get you ready for, you know, what you're experiencing now. Definitely. And when we talk about upskilling, reskilling, are there any areas that you think are particularly popular for CPAs? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in the area of data analytics, Mm -hmm. anything related to technology, um, you know, in the area of automation, uh, visualization, data cleaning, so all of that intelligent kind of data technology area is a big area that I think that we need to ensure that accountants are skilled in and getting upskilled in. Um, the other area that I'm seeing a lot of talk about is in the area of ESG, so environmental, social, and governance reporting. I think that that area is a, a just a significant amount of opportunity for accountants to be involved in that conversation. And so learning more about ESG reporting, understanding the needs of businesses when it comes to ESG, I think we have a lot of opportunity there also. Do you think the profession is doing enough to, inf- like, encourage uh, upskilling and reskilling of accountants and CPAs? You know, I think that sometimes accountants view our CPE requirements as just like a check-the-box kind of thing. Like, oh, this is just something I have to do every year. And I'm just going to figure out the easiest way to get my CPE credit and get it done in the fastest amount of time. And I don't think that we think strategically about it or carefully about it, about what we need as accountants to upskill our own skill sets and then also for our business. And so I think that if we did a better job of regularly assessing what are the needs of the job that I'm in currently. And also if employers did a better job of identifying to their employees 
These are the skill sets that we see that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that would be really beneficial for the accounting profession. Um, so I think sometimes we just we just take the same old classes, you know, oh, we need a tax update. Oh, we need a, this update. Oh, we need that update. Um, but we don't really think about, well, what is what are the skills that if I were to hire someone, I would want them to have right now? Those are really the skills that, per, you know, employees who have been in the workforce for a while should be thinking about getting upscaled in. Because the fact is, is that, you know, here at Franklin, we're producing students that come out that have these skills. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be left out of the workforce mm-hmm. or replaced, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And that was another question I wanted to ask you. The students at Franklin, do they seem very aware of this need for upskilling and reskilling and workforce development? I think that they definitely are very aware that going into the accounting profession is not going to be something that you learn at the university and then it never, you know, you're never going to have to learn new skills or the profession is never going to change. I think because they have seen even the advancements that we've had, you know, in the last five to 10 years, especially in the area of technology, I think they recognize that, hey, the accounting profession is something that is constantly changing. And to be a great CPA You've got to stay current on all the changes that are occurring. So I think they really do recognize the the need for lifelong learning, for the need for upskilling as they're working in the profession. And what do you see as the future of workforce development within the profession? If you're, you know, looking into the next like five to 10 years, how do you think it will evolve? And how you think, I guess I'll say how you think it might evolve might be different from how you hope it evolves, I guess, if if those are two different answers. One of the benefits that I think that has come about from the COVID-19 pandemic is this idea that we can learn anywhere. And really, we can learn anything, right? Um, You know, now that we have all of these educational opportunities available online in a very um, robust and efficient manner, if you want to learn something, it's out there for you. You can you can find a course on anything that you want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is a wealth of opportunities that are available for learning. Mm-hmm. Where, where I think we need to do a better job in the future is figuring out how to tailor that learning to the needs of the student mm-hmm. and really identifying and providing a tailored and customized learning approach. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to be able to do that in the future. I think we're going to be able to, to provide that tailorized, tailorized learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that I think that we need to also figure out a way to do a better job of learning through mentoring and creating 
opportunities to learn from someone who already has that experience or that knowledge. But instead of in a structured learning environment, it for it to be more of a mentoring learning approach. And um, I think that provides a really authentic and engaging learning experience. And, um, you know, I think we're starting to see some of that occurring, um, you know, through the work that we're doing in the apprenticeship area. Um, and I think that will be um, something that we're going to start to see more of in the future. I'm a true believer in lifelong learning. And I think if you don't continue to learn, I think that you're not going to be advancing in your career. You're not going to be able to provide solutions to your customers and your clients. And I think you'll just be left out. And so I would just want to encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast to just remember that we as accountants, we have to be constantly evolving and constantly learning. I also spoke with Sarah Martin, employee experience manager at accounting firm BMF, about their internship program and how she's seen the college student pipeline evolve over the years. Sarah mentions that most accounting students come in highly prepared, but there's plenty of room for growth. We were very proactive in that sense because we know, given the market right now and given the, um, you know, the last few years, the decline in enrollments, mm -hmm. not only, you know, college students in general, but specifically accounting majors. Mm -hmm. um, so we've really taken a holistic look at how can we impact our pipeline? Um, how are we going to continue to grow that pipeline? And so recruiting earlier and more often is is our initiative right now. And so we we I think this is our third um, third time now recruiting sophomores where historically we had a very um, we had a set requirement that they had to have at least junior level credits. Um, mm -hmm. So we've definitely been a lot more flexible in terms of um, our internship requirements because many times too, as you know, and I'm sure as you heard, a lot of those students are getting offers two, three years out, you know, prior to graduation. Mm -hmm. And so that's only hindered that pipeline even further. So as we're talking to juniors out at campuses, they're saying, well, I've already got offers lined up with, you know, such and such firm because they interned their, you know, their sophomore or junior year. So, you know, on one hand, it's unfortunate because I think as students, you know, they're they're kind of owed that opportunity to really explore and figure out what they want to do without having to, like, sign on the dotted line mm -hmm. um, for two to three years out because, you know, as you know, things change. Um, I've changed what I've wanted to do, you know, a few times in my career. So, um, on the other hand, I think it's a, a really positive thing for students to have to have that lined up so that they can focus on their degree, knowing that they have something lined up, it kind of eliminates that stress of having to scramble and find find a job. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll continue to see that um, just in terms of the pipelining and the level that that firms are recruiting. I think it's going mm -hmm. to to continue until we see that needle move um, in terms of enrollments and accounting majors. Have you noticed um, a difference in the students that come in the past eight years where, you know, maybe eight years ago they didn't know very much about XYZ, but now they seem a little bit more comfortable or is it kind of hard to pinpoint and it's just, you know, students are there to learn? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint because um, historically 
I will say accounting students in general just seem much more prepared mm-hmm. um, professionally. And yeah. I think that's great, you know, for the profession that, that the campuses really do put such an emphasis on um, preparing those business students, particularly accounting. Um, we, we work with a handful of local campuses here that, um, you know, the accounting program just has so much more to offer their students in terms of support and development versus other majors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I will say we're lucky in that our, our, our interns have always been pretty strong in that sense in terms of just being initially prepared, you know, professionally. Um, of course, it's always a mixed bag. You know, not every single person is not every single intern is going to be meant for public accounting. And that's the, mm-hmm. the intention of doing the internship is to figure that out. Um, but in general, I'd say that our students have been um, above average and, and in terms of being prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some things that have shifted. I know um, there's one university in particular that has really put an emphasis on the professional development and has included now um, a curriculum that's required for students, whereas in the past it was optional. Mm-hmm. So things like creating a LinkedIn profile, um, doing mock interviews, you know, really preparing for their job search and their internship, actually two universities in particular that have really built it into their curriculum um, in the last maybe three or four years. So that's where I have seen, I would say, a, a, an improvement in terms of those types of things. And hopefully other universities will catch on to that because, as you know, if it's re- if it's not required, chances are they're not going to <laughs> mm-hmm. not going to do it. So um, really building that in and making it a part of the curriculum, I think, has helped students um, just be a little bit more prepared professionally. Unless we can figure out a way, um, you know, because I think a lot of times, too, what we have found, students just aren't aware. They just simply don't know the opportunities in accounting. And there's still such unfortunate stereotypes Mm -hmm. for the industry. And I think that's been a deterrence um, for students considering a business degree. They think, well, if I'm going to do business and something with numbers, finance seems way more interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) than accounting does. Yes. And it's. It is so interesting talking with students about what they think. Um, so that's one thing, especially now with my recruitment coordinator, that we're really trying to to do more of is just continuing that education piece, breaking okay. through the stereotypes. Um, we do a summer leadership program every summer where we bring about 20 students in, and we, we go through just that. Here's the reality. Here's what you're actually going to be doing. Here's the opportunities in the field. Mm-hmm. And we, we're very transparent. We talk about compensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about the career ladder. And so it's really insightful for them when they hear it straight from the professionals mm-hmm. uh, versus other, you know, places they may have gotten those those stereotypes from. So. Sarah and I also discuss the need to eliminate silos when it comes to firms and higher education working together to help solve skills gaps students might encounter as recent grads. So externally, um, we're very involved in those university discussions. So I'm actually on the advisory board um, for Kent State. And then um, we're also very much involved at Akron and John Carroll. And so being in the room with, you know, the professors um, and the dean and talking about, like, where those gaps are, you know, what we're looking for in candidates and really helping to um, really advise on what mm-hmm. they could be doing to better prepare students. I think that's one way that um, sort of breaking down that barrier between 
um, you know, the universities and firms. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the universities have done a great job at kind of bridging that gap and, and bringing professionals into the conversation. Um, internally, I would say, you know, it's always a tough balance because, it, you know, when we talk about silos, um, mm-hmm. you know, our departments are very unique, you know, tax and audit, very separate departments. They do different types of work. I would say one way that we're trying to bridge that gap. Um, so we do a, a strategic planning retreat um, each year with our management. And so through that, management from every single department is involved. And so through that, thinking through the next year, two years, three years, about what our initiatives need to be. Um, we're lucky in that, again, we're regional. You know, we're over, just over 100 people. And so that in and of itself makes it a little bit easier to know everybody and have a little bit more cross-functional um, collaboration, if you will, because we're not in different states, different offices. We've got our main office in Fairlawn. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a very hybrid remote um, work environment right now, so that always poses a challenge as it relates to the, the silo concept and making sure people are connected and collaborating. Um, but in general, I would say that we do a pretty good job at making sure um, our communications are streamlined and that our departments are working Uh, together. Learning for those in the accounting profession never stops, and as Tracy mentioned, it will play a critical role in the profession's future ability to compete in this intense business environment. Having universities, firms, businesses, and organizations like OSCPA work together will be essential to the success of workforce development because the talent crisis will not be solved overnight. Thank you to my guests, Tracy and Sarah, for joining us on this episode. We're releasing new episodes every Wednesday, and next week on the podcast, we're going to learn more about how DE&I factors into workforce development. Please subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have questions or comments about the series, you can contact me at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O, at ohiocpa.com. Thanks for listening.